This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning. I'm Eliza Harvey. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Tuesday, the 26th of April. In your Squiz today, beating the drums of war on Anzac Day, more military aid for Ukraine, Paddy Mills wins a top NBA award, and Squiz the election covers the Senate race. This is your Squiz today. Yesterday's Anzac Day celebrations became the backdrop for a warning from the Morrison government that previous conflicts and sacrifices won't stop future wars in our region. Last week, Solomon Islands and China signed a new security alliance, and yesterday the PM said that coercion in the Indo-Pacific was challenging peace and stability in our region, Claire. Yeah, that follows on from a statement on Sunday where Prime Minister Scott Morrison said that a base being set up by China on the Solomon Islands would be a red line for Australia and for the United States. He didn't say how we would respond, though, if that red line was crossed. What all of this does is highlight the huge issue that we have with China coming into our region. America and New Zealand, along with Fiji and Papua New Guinea, other countries who are very concerned about it. Uh, Yesterday also, Peter Dutton, our Defence Minister, said that China's ambition are similar to those of Nazi Germany in 1930 when it annexed parts of Europe ahead of an invasion in Poland. He said that we need to be vigilant and that countries need to stare down any acts of aggression so that we can stay safe. And this is all happening as we head into week three of the election campaign, but it's actually not the first time we've heard this kind of commentary, Claire. No, it's not. Home Affairs boss Mike Pizzullo said something quite similar on Anzac Day last year, he said that free nations again hear the beating drums of war. That was something that got quite a bit of attention last year. Uh, Also, there have been comments from Peter Dutton in the past about the possibility that there could be conflict with China over the issue of Taiwan. The Solomons, though, has said that there will be no Chinese base uh, on its territory. That's something that Prime Minister Scott Morrison says is quite encouraging. Encouraging, uh, but it really does highlight what a fractious issue this all is. And we'll hear more from Labor on this today when they announce their plan for better relationships with our Pacific Island neighbours. To the war in Ukraine now, where over the weekend, American Secretary of State Antony Blinken and Defence Secretary Lloyd Austin visited the capital Kyiv, which was the highest level US visit since Russia's invasion, Claire. Yeah, they had a meeting with President Vladimir Zelensky. What they did was pledge more military aid, another $713 million worth. That takes America's support for Ukraine's fight against Russia to almost $3 billion. What they also announced is that America will reopen its embassy in Kyiv as soon as possible. Those are things that are seen as really encouraging from Ukraine's side of things. Also coming out yesterday is an assessment from the United Kingdom's Ministry of Defence. They say that Russia hasn't made any significant breakthroughs in its latest offensive in eastern Ukraine. Yeah, it says local troops are still fighting from the steel plant in the city of Mariupol, which is stopping Russian forces from being added to the offensive elsewhere in the Donbass region. 
staying overseas and French voters went to the polls on Sunday and returned President Emmanuel Macron to power, making him the second leader this century to be returned for a second five-year term, Claire. Yeah, it's a really big achievement to win a second term as president in France and that is what Macron did in that runoff election. He beat Marine Le Pen, who was from the far right of politics. Uh, Macron won about 58% of the vote. Uh, Marine Le Pen won about 42%. It's more support than Macron was anticipated to get, but it's still a lot closer than that first election in 2017 where the pair ran off. Macron scored about 66% of the vote back then. Uh, What he says is that he's heard all the anger coming from people who want him to do more to deal with cost of living pressures uh, and also to make sure that they're in focus rather than big business and wealthy people in France. It's a big criticism of Macron's first term in government. They also want him to really focus on French issues. Uh, And while it's great that they have a role on the diplomatic scene, particularly with everything that's happening in Europe, uh, they really want him to be focused on more domestic issues. And turnout for the election was 72%, which is the lowest for a presidential runoff since 1969. It's been almost two weeks since the world's richest man, Elon Musk, launched a $46 billion takeover bid for Twitter. The social media company had initially put steps in place to stop the deal, but in breaking news this morning, Claire, Twitter has now accepted his offer. It seems like only two seconds ago that we were talking about this deal and that it wasn't going to get done because the Twitter board wasn't at all interested in it and in fact had put steps in place to make sure that he was unable able to acquire the company, but things have changed over the last few days. There's just been an announcement early this morning that Elon Musk has successfully acquired that business for more than $46 billion US dollars. Uh, what Musk wants to do is to make it a much more open platform. That's right. He wants to take Twitter off the stock exchange and allow users to speak more freely on the platform. We'll be keeping a very close eye on his tweets today. To sport now, an Aussie basketball legend, Paddy Mills, has won one of America's most coveted gongs, Claire. It's called the Sportsmanship Award, and it's for the NBA player who best represented the ideals of sportsmanship on the court. Yeah, a nominee is put up from each of the teams and then the players themselves vote for the person within their ranks that they think best personifies sportsmanship on the court. Paddy Mills has won that. It's an incredible achievement. He, of course, has had a long career in the NBA. He's been there for 13 years. He's had a big year, though, when we think back to what he did in Tokyo last year for the Aussies. He really was the centrepiece of Australian determination uh, to do well, but also to do it in a style that was sportsmanlike and inclusive and inspiring. Yeah, that's right. It's been an incredible couple of years for Mills, as you've mentioned. He was also last year named the Aussie athlete who'd most inspired the nation. His team filmed the moment when he received his fancy crystal trophy. I'll pop a link to it in your episode notes. 
Moving on to crystal of another kind, Claire, because the White House is in the market for some new crystal glasses for its state dinners, given that the last full set was bought during the Nixon era. There's a whole process around these sorts of things. Each administration gets a set of dinner plates. And if you go to, say, the Smithsonian uh, in Washington, D.C., to their uh, displays about America's political history, you can see examples of these really magnificent plates and dinner services, but glassware apparently is something else entirely. Uh, What they need is enough crystal glassware to do a full state dinner. They don't have that at the moment because, as you say, it's been quite a while since they've acquired it. Uh, One of the issues is that if you go to one of those dinners, people have been known to slip a glass or a fork or a knife (laughs) into their handbags or into their bags and take it out of the White House. Uh, So the time has come to get a new full set. And according to the White House Historical Association, Melania Trump was told of the need to get new crystal, but she opted instead to focus on rugs and other items in the White House. So the job has now fallen to Jill Biden. Squeeze the day, Claire. What's going on today that we should keep an eye on? Oh, look, more election campaign. We're post the Anzac Day long weekend now, so it's full steam ahead to the 21st of May. No more interruptions. What we've got today as well is another Squeeze the Election episode. Uh, Today we're looking at the Senate race. Of course, when we go to vote, we'll be casting that ballot for the House of Reps, but there's another job to do and that's the Senate. So we get into that. Yep, you can check that out if you're missing your election fix. That'll be in your podcast feed. For me, I'm very pleased to announce that Squiz Kids is back on deck after their Easter break. Amanda went to the dawn service in Canberra yesterday to talk to kids about what Anzac means to them. So stay listening at the end of this episode for a couple of minutes if you want to hear more. Have a great Tuesday. We'll be back tomorrow. Squeeze Kids! It's your daily news fix. Fun, free, fresh. Hey Squiz Kids, Amanda here, coming to you from the Australian National War Memorial very early on Anzac Day. It's very dark, it's very cold here in Canberra and there are a lot of people standing here quietly waiting for the dawn service to begin. Once it's finished, I'm going to ask Aussie kids who've attended the dawn service why they came today, what Anzac Day means to them and how they think it was for soldiers who fought in wars. Let's have a listen. Tell me what Anzac Day means to you. Um, I think it means like recognising the hard work and like sacrifices that the soldiers had to make. Well, it's remembering all of the people who fought in the wars and gave up their lives and gave up their good health for Australia. They were making us try to have a good world. If no one comes to the dawn service, then then it'll just be forgotten and then never remember how much like they sacrificed everything. What does Anzac Day mean to you? Why is it an important day? Because my dad's been to so many wars. Yeah. And how do you think all the other people here feel about that? Um, they feel a bit scared for us. 
Do you get scared sometimes too? Yeah. Yeah? And what do you do when you're scared? I go talk to mummy. Yeah. It's important to have your mum there to support you. Yeah. And what do you think all these people would say to your dad if they could, if they knew that he was serving and had been to scary places? That he's amazing. How do you think it was for soldiers in wars? I know that a lot of them were wanted to go on an adventure, but so they're probably feeling good when they got there. But then when, like, all the fighting happened, I guess they probably felt scared. I think it would have been really scary, like, thinking that you you could, like, not come home. Like, some of the kids would never have met their dad. A huge Squiz Kids shout-out and thank you to Lily, Isaac, Thomas, George, Archie, Zach, Bloom, Elska, Lucy, Angus and Maggie for sharing your thoughts with us on this Anzac Day. Now I'm going to head inside and warm up. message now from our podcast partner, BHP. Across the next couple of weeks, we'll be talking to Squizzers about BHP and the work they're doing to provide the materials that we need to transition to a low emission economy for the energy transition. At the start of the podcast, you heard how copper is used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. So when it comes to producing it, reducing emissions is a priority. And that's why BHP is making solar, wind and battery deals to help power their South Australian Olympic Dam copper mine. It's happening now at BHP.